Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Yeah, we've come a long way from from that uh, lying to my parents about where I was driving late at night to wrestling training because I was afraid to tell them I wanted to be a wrestler. But it's so surreal because my like your fa my family, I'm so close with them. They're my my rock, my core, and to have them there for this and and to see how excited they were, it it's it's just something I'll have forever, forever and ever and ever. It's like it's better than any birthday or graduation. It's it's. I mean, my, my life right now is professional wrestling, and my family is my life. So when they get to combine, it's, it's unbelievable. Sure, if it means more women's wrestling on, on, our, on our product, for, absolutely. And I think Serena is one of the best women's wrestlers on the planet. So I would love to lock up with Serena because I want to work with the best of the best. I think a little bit of both because, you know, I, I talk a lot of shit, but at the end of the day, you got to have this to say you're the best and mean it, and here I have it. But at the same time, I think I'm going to do a lot for this title and take it into this new era. think it's an exact moment it's it's a process of learning who you are and being comfortable with it and confidence with it confidence is everything and that's something that you have to learn and I and I it's sometimes you learn the hard way but you got to learn it
sometimes unjustified criticism. Yeah. And then you hear the reaction tonight. A lot of those people have changed their opinion on you. Yeah. You know, I, I, of course, I have mixed feelings about it because it was uh, there was a lot of a lot of criticism early on, really harsh criticism, and that's fine because maybe uh, you know maybe some of them were right, maybe I wasn't ready, but I I learned how to be a TV wrestler, TV entertainer in front of the world. That was my growing process, and everybody got to see it. And I think some of those fans, along with the journey, that's why they they changed their tune is because they got to grow with me. And now I'm one of the best women's wrestlers on the planet. So, absolutely. The staff already said if I win it, I got to bring it into the dental office. So, 100%. Oh, man. What a brutal year for Pittsburgh. So, somebody's got to do it, right? Somebody's got to be the hero of Pittsburgh. So, I'm happy to do it. We're, we're repping the 412. It it show it, it was it wasn't the match itself. Well, the match itself was was absolutely miserable. If I'm being honest with you, I mean that's something I, I was hurting from for a long time. But the reaction to the match is what really showed me like, man, I mean something to professional wrestling right now, and I'm helping change the tides, and that just boosts my confidence even more to coming into this championship title match. So if I'm if if I if I am fortunate enough to be such a needle mover in wrestling, which I believe I am. It's it's time, it, it, you know. I, I have to be the champ, so I had to I had to win. Yeah, there's always pressure, and if there's not pressure, you probably shouldn't be in this in this industry. But uh, pressure makes diamonds, and you know we're shining bright here tonight, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my family's here. We're gonna, you know, we'll after party, take some shots. We got to do it. We'll, we'll call my grandma, tell her I won. So yeah, my it's my family's here. So there's nothing, nothing better. I I called my boyfriend already. He's super, super happy. So it's it's a really cool night, and it's it's awesome that I, I have my family here. I just can't get over that enough. It's just, it's, it's really just learning the people that I clicked with to ask for advice, which I've been very open. I mean, I have a very, very close working relationship with Tony Khan, and in a lot of ways, he's, I owe everything to him because he believed in me when I almost didn't believe in myself, when a lot of people doubted me. I, he's always believed in, in Dr. Britt Baker. So, I mean, I, I owe I owe my my championship title in some way to having some some Tony Khan faith on, on the line. But Chris Jericho, I, I say it a hundred times. I, I love picking Ricky Stark's brain. Cody, even though I hate him, he's a great he has a great mind for wrestling. Kenny, Jerry Lynn, Dustin. It's we have so many excellent coaches here. You're an idiot if you don't take advantage of it. And as soon as I really dialed in and 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 was like, hey, I want to be the best. Everything just kind of fell into place. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, um, Tony is one of my best friends. We we talk all the time. We FaceTime. Like we're we're very very close. And he had a lot to do with who I am today. He you know he's the one holding the microphone for my first promos ever. And he's to to be you know my working my working husband go to say and then my like one of my best friends outside to have him there it was so important and spe like I I can't imagine this night without having a hug with from Tony Schiavone because he's so he's such a part of who I am and um, it was really special and I'll I'll always you know remember what he said to me. want to continue continue what I'm doing because it's working you know bo boosting the TV ratings the the merchandise sales the star power when I when I'm on the screen I want everybody to be watching and whoever I'm in the ring with by default they're watching them too so that's what I want to do is elevate the women's division no it's not How many does he have? 12 like and, and 10 more on the way I'm sure but we'll see who sells better We'll see. Little Brit Brit's gonna, you know, to the moon. One thing uh, that we don't talk about enough is you and Brett. Yeah. Yeah. Right. She is just like Tony Schiavone. She's a huge part of who I of Dr. Britt Baker DMD. I, I'm never without Reba. And inside of the ring, outside of my ring, she's my, my right-hand woman and keeps me sane and, and keeps me uh, a little insane, too, when I need to be. So um, I, I have nothing but love for Reba. I always say I think dentistry helps keep me grounded because this world is so crazy and it's chaos and there's it's you know a lot of alter egos but dentistry it keeps me grounded and it reminds me of the hard work i i put in to get there because it was eight years of dentist of dental school so i didn't want to just throw that out the door when i was a wrestler and that's ultimately you know why i got to why, why i'm at aew is because i got to do both careers Yeah, that's what we were talking about earlier, for sure. I, I, my, my staff would kick me out if I didn't bring it in. Um, how did you handle uh, backstage a lot of the criticism over the past year before you kind of came along? Yeah. Stellar matches, really got everybody talking about the women's division, but before that, there was a lot of criticism. Yeah. It's, it's just a growing and a learning process, and it's hard because you never, I mean, it, it's hard to hear it in, in mass quantities, which, which I was, but you have to. Even if you're the best in the business, you have to have criticism. You're never going to get better. I just happen to have a lot of it, so I got a lot better. <laughs> well, so the division of the whole, I, I think a lot, most of the criticism was time, TV time, and... Yeah, none of us, uh, almost none of us had any TV experience. So like I said, we were all learning and growing together as a division in front of your eyes. And I think it's, it's uh, kind of 
a bit of our charm and why people are, are jumping on the bandwagon now because it's like, oh man, I remember when you know Britt Baker couldn't hold a microphone and now look at her. So I think I think that's why a lot of people are, are really along for the ride. Not specifically, but I, I think at some point, I mean, Serena Deeb was a coach at NXT, WWE, and, and is much, she's a fantastic in-ring performer, but at some point, we'd be fools not to, to use her. I mean, it, it's got to be the best of the best. This is AW Women's Champion. It, this is, this is my life right now. I'm a dentist. I, I, I am a dentist. And that will always be, my, that'll be my career until I can't walk anymore because I, I can't sit at home and be retired. I'll go crazy. But right now, this is my life. Wrestling is my life. And I'm so happy that I get to show that I'm the best of the best in what I think is the best wrestling company in the industry today. Thank you, Mandy. Thanks so much. This is just for the multi-box guys. It's not amplification, as you know. <laughs> you could ask your friends at Busted Open if they can share it. Share the, Check, is this thing on? Hi guys, you're so quiet. So son, thank you very much. I just think because um, just the fact that we did it in front of kind of our fir first full house in, I don't know, 16 months, 14 months, whatever it's been, that made it very monumental for everybody. So I think it was a victory, no matter what the stats of the matches were. Um, I think for us, putting together Stadium Stampede uh, 2, it's a challenge because last year's was so critically acclaimed and so well done. But the difference was last year, we were kind of in an uncertain world. We didn't know what to expect. And everybody was kind of really nervous and scared. So we wanted to do something that was more fun for um, for people uh, to kind of have a diversion from all this weird stuff that was going on. This year was a little bit more of an action movie because it's much more serious of an angle and a story. So um, I think for me, after spending kind of the last four days filming it and doing a lot of editing and that's production work on it, just watching it from behind the curtain and hearing everybody's reactions to it, that's when you know that it's good. You're just like, oh, good, they're into it. And then also too, I think the element that we ended up doing it live uh, finishing live, I don't think anybody expected that. And uh, that was really a cool moment too when you kind of see the ripple of effect of people looking up and then everyone starts looking and then seeing that reaction. So hearing those reactions is something that was sorely missed and I think we forgot how important those reactions are. Um, but now that they're back, it's like, man, this is what wrestling is all about.
Well, I mean, it's it's one of those things that if you kind of do the math and actually look at the schedules, you can see that there's always a way to make it work. So um, same with AEW, we're excited to go back on the road with Fozzie. This tour that we're doing was postponed five times. Um, and now that we're ready to go, it's super exciting on that respect as well. But I'll be on Dynamite as much as I possibly can, which is still going to be probably all the time. <laughs> Um, well, I think the fact that we both have the same boss, it was probably like, come do this. Uh, he was super awesome. And the best part was we said, do you mind saying holy shit? And I thought he was going to say no. He's like, yeah, I'll say it. And I was like, oh, that's great. So um, once again, I think that's one of the fun things about, about like, like a great action movie. There's a little levity. And the Urban Meyer scene was great, but we played it straight. So it's not, you know, ha-ha slapstick comedy. And um, he was one of the highlights for sure. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think uh, that because it was such a success, it's like any big movie that makes money, if it's a success, then you figure out a way to do it again. Um, I think the fact it's like, how are you going to do another one is probably the same question that they asked us after we did the first Elimination Chamber. And now there's been 30 other things. So we were able, like I said, to change the tone. We actually brought in uh, one of the stunt coordinators who works on the John Wick movies to help us with some of the fight scenes to make it a little bit more of an of a, of a action movie, like I said. Because we think like wrestlers, and he thinks like a cinematic fight scene guy, so putting it together was uh, was tremendous. And then the craziest part was actually rappelling down that scoreboard, uh, which was absolutely insane. It was about 100 feet off the ground, and they made us sit there for about 30 minutes as they were getting ready. So it was pretty uh, scary, but once we actually took that little leap off the edge, it was super exhilarating, and um, you'd be hard-pressed to find any other five guys crazy enough in wrestling to do that. And still look cool as fuck. Yeah, super excited to have Mark, and uh, Mark made a huge appearance tonight. And you're going to hear everything that he has to say on Friday, um, and he has a lot to say. I know he doesn't never stops talking. But uh, what? Well, I'm going to answer. Let me finish the question. Jeez. Okay. Um, I think anytime we can have a guy with the experience of Mark Henry. Uh, both in the ring and outside of the ring. Uh, it just helps our company. That's one of the things that we need. We needed very much when we first started because it was basically me and Dustin Rhodes and Dean Malenko were the guys that had, you know, some actual decades of experience on live TV. Here we are a year and a half later and our, our guys and girls are still learning. So having a guy like Mark come in, same thing having a guy like Paul White come in. He can do anything behind the scenes. He can do anything in front of the scenes. He can talk. He can maybe one day put on the knee pads and the boots and come out and wrestle again. I don't know. Put on a, a salmon colored sports coat and go nuts again. But anytime we can have somebody uh, like Mark, and I'm not just saying it because he's here, uh, of the quality of person and the quality of performer, it just makes us a better company. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that started right before the pandemic actually on the cruise and it was one of those things where people just started doing it. It was completely organic. And there's a lot of critics and, and they, why did you tell them to shut up? Like you're a heel. That's not how it works. Pat Patterson taught me years ago, we strive to get reactions. When you get reactions organically, don't step on it. So it became part of our, a part of our show, so to speak. And then the pandemic came, we lost the crowds. So when they came back, I was worried if they would still remember. 
and thankfully they did. But once we started getting like sizable crowds, like a Blood and Guts was like, holy shit, it's back. And then tonight, actually last week, uh, two nights ago on Friday was ridiculously great. And tonight as well. So once we start going back on the road again, it'll be that'll be one of the highlights of the show. Because when people at home see that, it makes it like the cool place to be and they want to be a part of it. Um, and like I said, it's completely organic. Say it one time. Hispanic talents working with you on the inner circle. Yeah. I mean, Hispanic, white, black, Chinese, we don't care. It's just about the, the talent and all of those guys. I mean, I speak more Spanish than Sammy Guevara does, as you see. But um, amazing talent, somebody that we really want to put the spotlight on. He's going to be one of our biggest stars, as we saw tonight, the reaction that he got in the arena. Uh, Santana Ortiz, I didn't really even know them when they first came to the inner circle. And they're just great human beings great friends and just one of the best tag teams you'll ever see and they will be AEW tag team champions very soon and then big jake man i've known him for 10 years and i always thought he could have been a champion uh anywhere he was and he's proving that again so i think tonight's stadium stampede the way we do things here nobody's writing anything you write your own stuff all we did was like come up with some ideas let's do a fight in a freezer let's do a fight with uh, in a chair room you know let's do a fight through urban meyer's offices and that sort of thing so uh, a club scene you know and then the rest is up to the guys. And then we watch it and see what they do and then kind of piece it together and edit it together properly. And, and it just turns out to be a, a, a piece of magic for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, I wanted to, um, when we had, We've been planning all this stuff for almost a year, since September of last year. And with some twists and turns and things changed, but we knew we wanted to have Max join the Inner Circle and then do this very intricate quadruple swerve where he turned on us. If you remember, at first it was Sammy coming out, then it was like the Inner Circle is going to turn on me, then it's we figured, found out that Max was the stake in the grass and then he formed the pinnacle and beat the crap out of us. So the idea was always to uh, for us to turn together. I didn't want to do, you know, Sammy and Jake turn on the three of us because I don't think that's ever really happened before. Usually it's kind of the wrestling trope of the, they, they turn on each other within a faction. We try and stay away from all that stuff. So the five-way turn, it was set up perfectly. I made sure to keep us off TV long enough to sell it, but I knew when we came back it had to be something very cool. Um, and that's why I came up with the idea of, the, of being hiding kind of in the, in the dressing room and then doing the Fast and Furious thing the next week, which was all based around Back in Black. We come back in black, it's a different attitude. It's not this funny, bubbly bunch, although we can do that stuff. But um, we actually even tried to license Back in Black by ACDC and they wouldn't even call us back. And the next day I saw it on Applebee's. So I guess Applebee's is more, uh, more uh, ACDC friendly than we are. But that was the idea. And the back, back in Black is the attitude, Back in Black is the look. And if you watch our show, we still dress almost completely in black. Because people uh, relate to that and they subtly understand this is different. Every time you turn heel or babyface, you should do something different, a different look, so people understand, oh, this is a different guy, and this is a different inner circle. And then having a great heel uh, faction like the Pinnacle, it's just, been, it's just been magic. It's been so much fun, and it's not over yet.
Well, like I said, one of the biggest missions for AW from the start is to build our own stars. That's how you make a company popular. Uh, and we've done a great job. Tony Khan, this is what he does. Uh, he puts together rosters. He has veterans that have won, you know, Stanley Cups before or whatever you want to say. He has the guys in their prime. He has a great, you know, kind of up and comer and then, and then kind of the rookies that are playing on the elevation and dark teams. Uh, but it's always to build stars. And I know some people are like, oh, there's always so many faces on Dynamite. And that's because we want people to be familiar with who these guys and girls are. Even if they just appear for a second. Well, who's Nick Camaroto? Well, you'll find that out over the next few years. And there's so many factions. Well, to me, I don't ever have a problem with getting as many people on TV as possible. Because once again, we're planting seeds so you can see these faces. Some of them will be main eventers. Some of them will be middle. But everybody who is signed here is here to be a star. We don't sign people just to sign them. It kind of harkens back to when I first started in WWE in 99, when everybody had something. That's what we want here. We have such a big roster, we try and put as much as we can so that you get familiar with, with them. Uh, Sammy tonight, you know, he, he won the main event. That's, that's what we want. Sean Spears never got much of a chance in WWE, you know, and then go through the roster. Wardlow had no interest. FTR came with us. Uh, Hager came with us. Santana Ortiz, they were begging them to go to WWE. They said, no way. Sammy, I handpicked him. Same thing. We want to be here for the right reasons because we believe in our company and we're building it together and it really feels that way. I like to try things sometimes and we had a, a segment in Nashville which was probably week four or five where we weren't working together but I think I had just done something with Cody and he was just about to and we kind of had a little interaction and we had this great promo and I was like oh this guy it's the same thing I felt with Kevin Owens this guy gets it he's good and he understands what wrestling is and I don't care if he's 25 or 45 either you get it or you don't and that's when I knew I could do something with him and I kind of put it in the back of my mind and then we did the thing with Orange Cassidy last year, which was 14 weeks. When that was done, well, who can we do with next? I think MJF is the guy. And he wanted to, the, the idea of the pinnacle was already kind of being floated. Let's wait and do it properly. And if you look, we've been, we started, I think, September 9th when we first, our limos pulled up and we got out of the car and met Tony Schiavone. Um, that's a long time for, for a program and an angle and a feud, especially when it's been as good as this one. In my opinion, it's, it's, it's the top story on AEW. And that was proven by the fact that the stadium stampede was on in the main event. Yes, you can ask one quickly. Say it again. You probably could. I mean, I've done, uh, I've been very specific to keep them separate because I want people to understand the separate, but I think they do at this point. Uh, we just had our new single, Sane, came out on Friday. It's already at 250,000 views on YouTube and all that other great stuff. So you never know. Maybe we'll show up one day. But uh, anyway, Slice It will continue to do both and uh, enjoy being in front of live crowds again. Thank you, guys.
guys. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Thank you all. Thank you all for being here. Thank you. It's been a long time since I've seen so many of you. It's great to see you all. Uh, hey, hey, thank you all. It's great. Uh, I'll start uh, taking questions one by one, and I'll try. I'll get everyone. I'm going to stay as late as I can. So please, uh, just one by one. Who's first? Go ahead. I talked to New Japan and they, I asked them if they thought it would be a good idea and a good promo and they thought it was great and I thought it would be a great promo and so it made sense and it was going into a big weekend for us so it's true and we have a lot of stuff going in New Japan and everyone's welcome to talk to each other in the wrestling business but we've done some great stuff with New Japan and just in the last few weeks and I think we're going to do a lot of great things going forward from everything we've talked about and agreed to so I'm excited about it. And, I think there's been, I mean, so little stuff. I mean, it's mostly, I think, back-channel stuff. Like, the thing with, uh, a good example is, like, with Chris ended up on the Broken Skull Sessions. Chris and Steve had talked, and I think both sides checked. I think Steve talked to the people that run WWE, and Chris talked to me. So, it was good. Hey, Austin. Good to see you. So, in the office, which you've been in as a former Jags player, now a great member of the wrestling media here in your home of Jacksonville, uh, it's actually in the coaching offices, in the old office uh, that you would have known at the time as head coach's office. I was in there, and we were catching up, and it was at the end of a night, and I asked him if he would uh, mind it before we both split and went home for the night. I had one, I had a big favor to ask, and he said, what is it? And I asked him if he could make a little bit of time for me, and he said, absolutely, what can I do for you? And I, told, I asked him, and he said, absolutely, I would do that for you. And then he went above and beyond, and he was, he was so gracious and really fun to work with, and he's a great coach and a great man. Thanks for asking. Uh, yeah, I mean, with uh, how do you mean? Sorry, I don't mean. It's a really good question, and I think I have thought about that and how to reach that demographic. And I'm trying to make young stars and do things that are, uh, you know, going to appeal to that demographic. We have the youngest demographic in wrestling right now, but you're absolutely right. The, we should be trying to skew younger all the time, and that's a really good thought. Thank you. I'll think about that. It was indescribable, and I, I don't. I, I have to say, for each match, without going through each of the ten matches tonight, one on the buy-in and nine on the pay-per-view card, I would say that like each of them, it was a, so much energy, the buzz of the entire locker room, and the people in the match, the wrestlers coming back from these awesome wrestling matches, and the crowd that they hadn't seen in so long. And we've had great crowds coming in at 25%. We've had a lot of times what you saw, we've had 25% of that here for some great shows. And, uh, you know, and that we really appreciate that. But being back at 100%, it's indescribable. And the, the energy it's, and everyone coming, including all of you, it just really means a lot. So it's great ha great to have uh, the fans back. And uh, I thought it was one of our best shows. And to do it with that crowd, one of our best crowds, and, you know, what's become our home base before we go back on the road in July, you know, just, just a month really I think it's after midnight. So uh, next month uh, we're going back on the road. Uh, so I'm really uh, – 
I guess I'm really excited. Well, I guess we got another. I guess we got another day, but whatever. Close to enough, close enough. But a little over a month away from going back on the road. And I, I, there's so many great memories here in Daly's place and special things we've done here. So I mean, it meant a lot to do it here. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about like all the great times we spent here with the crowd through the pandemic and some of the best memories ever in AEW. And and, and uh, you know, the one thing I wish that the person who'd seen this and the person who got to see this is Brody. And I think this probably ranks as one of the two most emotional shows we've had, second only, of course, to the Brody Lee tribute show. And last year he was in the world title match in Double or Nothing and had such a great match. And that was the first show where we let like some family and friends that we tested in, and we had like a tested bubble crowd and distance, and it was nothing like this. But he had a great match in a very small crowd, and I just wish he could have been here tonight. But thank you uh, for asking. It was indescribable great energy. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world, and I've been really uh, keeping it you know, under wraps, and that was the plan. I've talked about this in interviews before, and uh, he doesn't talk much in interviews, so I've said it. Uh, the first year, 2019, the plan was for Orange Cassidy not to wrestle at all other than like spots and matches as like an active manager and like a few six-mans where we introduced the idea that Orange Cassidy was a wrestler. He's a, a, a brilliant, brilliant wrestler. He's not going to say any of this. Uh, give himself credit or toot his own horn, so to speak, but he's like awesome. And the plan for me that nobody knew about, and really even he didn't completely maybe understand, is for Revolution, I was building to him and Pac. We actually did a six man in like late 2019 in Texas on Dark, and it was Pac and TH2, Jack Evans and Angelico versus the best friends. And I was getting B roll. And when Pac wrestled Trent on Dynamite, I was getting B roll of like Orange and Pac. And nobody thought after the 30 minute Iron Man match plus overtime that Kenny Omega and, and uh, Pac had in Kansas City just a few days before Revolution in 2020 that like nobody believed that after Pac was out there yelling at Tony Schiavone how he was really upset, nobody believed that Orange Cassidy was going to walk out. And I was upstairs at, at getting barbecue like two hours before the show with Orange Cassidy and uh, the best friends and Tony Schiavone. And I told them this entire crowd in Kansas City is going to chant, he's going to try, he's going to try. Just watch. We'll set it. It's going to happen based on everything we've put in place. Totally worked. And I knew the match was going to be off the chain. And it's one of my, again, I would rank that, other than the shows I named, probably my top three emotional and really favorite shows uh, is Revolution 2020 and the match he had with Pac. And tonight, I think, was the best match since then. And no coincidence, the first Matt, time he's wrestled in a big match with a crowd since Revolution 2020. And what's amazing is the character completely developed in the pandemic, and that's the challenge. And I remember we were doing the tapings, the famous tapings, where I you know, was forced like on literally minutes, like a few minutes, to put together booking sheet for like weeks of television, like at least you know, over a month, when we were going to shut down, set up a testing plan, come back in May, and hopefully set up the safe double or nothing we did last year in the bubble. And like I, he was you know, setting up his first singles match, which was against Jimmy Havoc and uh, against, uh, you know, him on Dynamite. And it was the first time Orange Cassidy ever wrestled on Dynamite. It was only the second time he wrestled a singles match. And it was really like kind of almost like, uh, I don't know if he was ready to do it. I think he thought it was too soon maybe, but we really needed him to step up and do it. We were like thin on talent. It was really important. What's happened in the last like 13 months since then is like, He's wrestled Chris Jericho in pay-per-view main events and, and TV main events. Been in you know main events with Pac, MJF. Time after time, he stepped up, and he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. And I can't say enough about Orange Cassidy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, I kept sorry. 
oh, how it came up? Well, Mark Henry and I uh, are friends, and Mark is, Mark told me he was available and uh, to do things that, that I would be really interested in him doing, and I thought that would be really interesting because uh, he's not only a good friend, but he's a really respected person in the wrestling business, not just a great wrestler, but a great mind, a great scout, and a great analyst in wrestling. And, you know, he gives his opinions on the radio, but he provides great uh, scouting reports and he really has helped uh, mentor a lot of wrestlers in addition to just being a great wrestling mind and I think he can be a great on-air personality but also a great backstage influence and he's a great friend and a great person so it's just great to have Mark in the AEW family and it was great to announce it on such a special show and have it kind of be there is a great moment right there along with the double you know sandwich there in a big double main event on what is you know my favorite pay-per-view we've done yeah hey, sorry 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 I got split up what's sorry It's really cool because I think January 1st, when we came here into Daly's Place, we did a show January 1st of 2020. And it was really a pivotal character show for both of them because that was where Britt, in the four-way world title match, she didn't win the title, but she started to have show a dark side. And then later, just weeks later on the Jericho Cruise, she talked about Tony Schiavone's previous employment at Starbucks and kind of belittled him, which led to you know a lot of great character interaction and friendship between them. It is a really big deal now. And Britt grew as a character. But then, it, really in the last year, Bricker was a wrestler. And when she says the thing in the promo that, like, you know, that Sheeta, uh, to her, uh, helped develop her as a wrestler. And that match was, like, really influential and important to her in terms of, like, developing and being there. Like, it's true, breaking her nose in some ways was the best thing that ever happened to Britt because she came back stronger and better. So that was really great. Hangman on the same show uh, came out to commentary just totally drunk. And uh, it's you know the lower third was perfect, and people were doing memes where like Hangman was like in the full house opening, and like it was just great, and it helped develop develop his character. And Hangman was already like a top wrestler from the beginning, who we like you know involved uh, in the world title scene from the very beginning. He earned a title shot in the first match we ever had for the title against Chris Jericho. He's been a tag team champion with Kenny. He's like always been a top star, and I think like from the beginning. Uh, he's like really evolved. He's probably been in the best match in company history at Revolution with Kenny in the tag against the Young Bucks. And tonight, I thought he went out and killed it, and it showed how much the crowd loves him. And for him and Britt to get those reactions from the crowd after they've been working so hard through the pandemic consistently for us for a year plus uh, here in Daly's Place really meant a lot to them, and it meant a lot to everybody close to them. And Hangman's pregnant wife was here, and uh, Britt's family is here, and it was really, I know we got to see her. And it was a big moment for both of them, and they're both great. Thank you. Sorry, I know. I'm sorry. Well, Mark, it's not exactly, I'm not saying he's necessarily going to be the play-by-play the -play or color analyst. He's going to be a big part of the show as an analyst, and we'll explain how through, like, different segments and his expertise. But I'm not, the commentary team, what exactly it's going to entail in the hosting, Mark's a big part of it, and the rest of the team, I don't want to get... I have a big announcement. I don't want to blow, but it's not like an outside person. It's somebody in the company. Uh, it's somebody who's uh, one of our top stars is going to do commentary on the show. And that, you know, he's a great commentator and a great wrestler. And that might narrow it down because he's such a great commentator. But uh, I'm going to put him on commentary because he's a big star and it's going to work really well. Uh, so what, what else? Yes, yes. 
my expectations were super high, and I never knew that he was going to get in the ring and do what he did. But but really, like as he got ready for his cinematic match with uh, you know Darby teaming uh, against uh, Brian Cage and Darby, it was like so fun, and it was like inspirational to see Steve like really finding his like comfort level. And it was hard for him to work in an environment he'd never been in, in front of like you know 25% capacity crowds, and sometimes taping like promos and stuff in front of an empty arena, stuff he never had to do. And so for me, like uh, I expected Steve would come in because he promised and he showed me he was in great shape and he said, I want to do these matches. And we talked about doing cinematic matches and let's see what happens. And then, you know, in the run up uh, as we were planning stuff, I mean, he ended up doing a, a power bomb with Brian Cage and had like great physicality with Brian and, and Ricky in the setup to their tag match against Sting and Darby. So uh, as we did that, started to think like he can do a live match and at the next pay-per-view instead of doing a cinematic this makes a lot of sense and I hadn't really told anybody and I hadn't made it kind of crystal clear yet but I was also planning to bring back Stadium Stampede and I was thinking I didn't really want to do two with this hot crowd and this amazing crowd I didn't necessarily want to do two cinematic matches we could have if it was necessary because I wanted Sting to be comfortable and if he was going to wrestle on the show and I know he wanted to but he wanted to do it and he had a great time and the expectations were very high but Sting has exceeded I think my expectations and everyone's and that was a great performance for anybody of, of, of you know of any levels of experience or time in the business. Thank. As it comes to it, I mean, like you know, it's it it's like trades in sports, and and you know, when you make a trade or a transfer, it takes willing parties on multiple sides. So you can't just like want to buy a song, and you have to get responses. And so it's totally you never know who's gonna bite on it, and sometimes they'll make a. Sometimes people don't even respond, and sometimes they you know wait a long time and get back to you or some, right away in some cases. And again, you know, sometimes you're really far apart on money. So we've had really great dealings with a number of. Uh, publishers and songwriters and singers so it's been great and it's really added a lot and like you said for Jungle Boy and Mox and for Mox and Eddie what a great match they had with the Young Bucks tonight what a, that's another great match what a, on a great show I think and for them that was a great moment and Jungle Boy obviously for the crowd and you know Orange Cassidy so many great uh, and really I got into it uh, when even late late last year when uh, the Cinderella, when I really wanted to get that video for Kenny and Hangman, and I got the rights to Don't Know What You Got Till It's Gone. And then also, of course, uh, you know, again, to go back to Brody and how much we miss Brody, it was really uh, important to me, and I, I worked when he was not in good health to get the rights to Old 55, and I was hoping we didn't have to use it, but we did, and it was I think it was really important. That was a big important one, too. So we've uh, done a lot with music, and I'll continue to try and make strides and do great things in music. Thank you, Austin. And I'm going to stay and answer as many, so don't nobody worry about it. What's up? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm open to more potential crossover. The only stuff we've really done, other than the stuff with Kenny, has been I did go with Matt Hardy and Private Party, and that was a thing we worked out, and they were they we all liked it, and I had suggested it actually, and they really liked it, and I thought it would be a fun thing, and it was a great experience for Private Party, and it was good character development, and really as they've developed his heels, and they were a huge part of that Casino Battle Royale, and they've been in a lot of big matches, and they're going to keep being in big matches, and have huge plans for Private Party, and 
for them and Matt Hardy to go it was a big deal. So I, more collaborations, whether it's uh, men, women, any wrestlers, I'd be really open to doing stuff like that. But mostly it's been about Kenny being the world champion in multiple promotions. So we do lots of crossover stuff. Kenny, of course, being the, the Impact and TNA champion and the AAA champion. And Mox being the New Japan U.S. champion, of course. And, uh, you know, we the NWA U.S. title held by Serena, who is on our roster. The Lucha Brothers are the AAA tag champs. Lots of outside collaboration. So I, I, I really appreciate you asking, and I keep working with all these companies. Thanks. Sorry, yes, yes. That was regrettable, yeah. I didn't think there was. Uh, I didn't think there was any. I didn't think there was any excuse, you know, uh, uh, for. Well, I I thought it was. I, I was not happy with it. So um, after I heard what was said and I was told, and having talked to the other commentators involved, who I also apologized to, I thought it was best for the company to, you know, uh, make the decision we made. So I, I think it was the right thing to do. What, what do you? Why? What do you think? My reaction was like I thought it was a regrettable situation and I would have handled it very differently than it was handled if I was the commentator and that's why I thought it was good for us to part ways. Thank you. I, I have a lot of thoughts on that and Mark's, a, Mark's an important part of that and there's going to be different presentation and like I said it may not just involve Mark being a commentator. Uh, It'll, it'll be, we're going to be live on August 13th for the premiere on Friday the 13th, and it's going to be Friday the 13th. It's going to be a huge episode, and we'll be live to start, and I've got live a lot of live episodes planned. There may be times where we do a, a classic kind of wrestling taping where we tape two shows on a Wednesday maybe, but we're going to be live to start, and I plan for that to be as important a show as any show, just like we've you know occasionally had to tape some Dynamites, but I think we've done great shows live or tape, but I plan for it to be live out of the gate and be as good a show as we do uh, Rampage. Yes. Uh, what else? What's going on? Yeah, we could. We could. And we also are planning to have a big Halloween episode not long after that. So I don't want to completely blow all the good Halloween stuff and scary gimmicks about two months early. But I do want to do some uh, cool stuff, and it could be a great episode. And it's a memorable marketing gimmick, if nothing else, if it's Friday the 13th. And hopefully it's a good omen and not a bad one. What else is going on? Thanks. Thunder Rosa, what an amazing wrestler! And again, like what uh, the question I answered before, I was I apologized to her personally. I was really sorry she was put in that position, like on the spot, by and it was really regrettable. And she's not only you know commentating. I think that's a very small part of why Thunder Rosa is a huge star here. But it's one thing I appreciate. Everyone knows Thunder Rosa is a great wrestler. She's a great wrestler for us. Great wrestler for the NWA. Great wrestler in Texas. A great wrestler for her own promotion. Also a great trainer. Developed a lot of great wrestlers. One thing Dark and Elevation have allowed us to do is develop more wrestlers. It's been a developmental system. Look at the reaction that Max Caster and the, the claim get. Look at the reaction that the blondes get. These are talents we've developed on Dark and Elevation. Red Velvet's been a great wrestler for us. So we've had a lot of great talents come in and 
uh, and a lot of people have gotten reps. It's been great, and we've been able to bring in young wrestlers, get a look at them, and develop a lot of talent, and hopefully it's helped a lot of talent. I tried to have uh, the opposite philosophy of trying to make like cuts. If I didn't have to, I was trying to grow our company because it's an investment into wrestling for us. Wrestling, you know, it's difficult to do if you don't get reps. And for me, uh, to improve wrestlers, the best way to do it is get them uh, a chance to do it. So by expanding dark and then by creating elevation, uh, we brought so many more young talents into the pipeline. And it's been really important for us. So no, thanks for asking. And Thunder Rosa, in particular, uh, has been one of the reasons that I think Dark and then recently the launch of Elevation have been really great for us is she brings in great talent and she also is a big star and she will kick off tomorrow night uh, Elevation in fact and it'll be great to have her in action. She's a great wrestler for us. I really appreciate you asking. And uh, Uh, there's a lot of people. I mean, uh, you know, you keep an eye on every match and every young person. I don't want to uh, say tip my uh, tip it too soon, but I think we're going to sign more wrestlers off Elevation and Dark as we go, and they, we've got great young talent there, and I'm looking forward to it. And uh, and um, you know, uh, I'm surprised nobody's asked me about how those shows are going to evolve when we go back on the road, but they're going to be good. Uh, oh. Well, a lot of changes, a lot of the wrestlers, absolutely. And they also want to, I mean, we've developed a lot of talent in the pandemic era. Obviously we want to have full crowds, so not do, you know, 25% and have a lot of, you know, seats empty. We want to pack houses like we were doing before the pandemic and like we did tonight with our great show. So I would say, uh, you know, things we'll take away is we've, we're doing more content, we're developing more wrestlers, and I'm going to keep doing Elevation and the Enhanced Darks. So uh, they've been great platforms, we've introduced uh, a big audience, really, Elevation's got a great audience with Tony Schiavone and Paul White as the commentators, and I always try to put big matches on Elevation, and I've been putting angles on their promos and trying to make it a great wrestling show, and I think tomorrow's Monday, and I think it's going to be a great wrestling show tomorrow, I believe, and it's, you know, uh, it's the stuff we shot here uh, on Friday night before Dynamite, and a lot of you were probably there, and it was great matches and great crowd, it was hot. And I think it'll be the hottest stuff you'll see on Monday wrestling. So let's see. Uh, no, they're going to change. They're definitely going to change. And the formats will change too. Uh, and they'll be, it'll be different. Elevation and Dark are going to be really different too from each other. Uh, so, But I'm really looking forward to it. And obviously with Rampage coming in, have to change how we do things. And, the, and Dynamite Live every week coming back in July when we come back. Uh, you know, July in Miami, July 7th, and going forward as we go to Texas, the 14th and 21st and so on, uh, we will be live every week going forward pretty much. So, uh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. About what? The snake, No, they haven't. No, they haven't. Well, I don't know. But you, uh, would you, do you think they should? Do you think we would take precautions if there was a snake? I mean, I don't know. Just think, did you see a snake? I don't know. I mean, no, there's no, it, we would never hurt a, a snake. Uh, that, no, no, and they, no, and they shouldn't because nothing happened, so. Jake Cargill's a great, 
a wrestler for us, great star, great asset, and I'm really excited. And we've you know made a big investment into Jade Cargill, and now uh, Mark Sterling, uh, her a new attorney, is investing time into her. And it's you know there were a lot of managers and reps and agents trying to get her an AEW. And I think uh, I really expect Jade to have a great career, and I wanted uh, her to have a great chance here. I think she's got a great mouthpiece now, but she's also uh, developed a lot as a wrestler, even in the short time she's been wrestling on TV. And, you know, it's amazing how far she's come in a short time in the business. Uh, her presentation is excellent. Uh, and I'm glad you asked about Jade because, you know, uh, really was glad to feature Jade this past weekend on Dynamite. And I think she's a great wrestler for us and will continue to be awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I got, I got a few more. I think everyone's gotten asked questions, right? If anybody hasn't got a chance yet, please speak up. Go ahead. I have like a pen to paper, but Leo and I have like a handshake that he could work here in New Japan, both, and that we would want to do it, and he'd want to keep working here, and I think we worked something pretty good out on a handshake, and I think he's doing that on a handshake with New Japan, too, and that's kind of what we've been doing with New Japan, and it's been pretty good, so I think that's a good way to work. So it's so far so good. Thanks. Uh, were you about to say something? No. Oh, yeah. Don's a big part of our show. I mean, Don's here every week, so Don's with us at AEW. He's a huge uh, part of the team as, uh, you know, Kenny's mouthpiece, Kenny's advisor, and uh, Kenny's on the show every week, and Don's on the show every week and every pay-per-view. And as long as Kenny's the champion, Don's a huge part of AEW. And and uh, so, no, Don's an important member of the team here every week. I mean, he's been, you know, he helps uh, in, in Kenny's segments, and he's involved, and he's a consultant to that. But, I mean, that's pretty much the same. He's doing that here. He's been doing that here. And he's been, I mean, there was a point where he's been here every week, and I think it makes sense. I mean, we're doing TV now, and we're going back live every week. So he's going to be here, and now, uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, we've got big. We've announced Kenny versus Jungle Boy in two weeks. And then after that, I mean, uh, I think, whether you know Kenny, he's going to be with Kenny either way. Whether and I think I, I have to say, Jungle Boy tonight. Uh, we haven't talked much about it. You brought up the music, but to me that was one of my favorite moments on the show, and it's something I'm really looking forward to. Uh, I'm glad you asked about Don, and then leading into asking about him being here more every week. Uh, well, I mean Kenny's defending other titles. He's got the Impact title, the AAA title, and so. Uh, you know, we'll see, but I think he's going to be with Kenny wherever Kenny is. And uh, I, Kenny signed here for years, so I think Don's going to be here for years, whether you like it or not. Uh, well, it's a great venue. It's a great, it's a great town for us. We had scheduled a dynamite there, and it was going to be in April, and we had a great slate of dynamites in April. We were going to hit uh, Milwaukee and St. Louis, and we were going to go back uh, to Boston and Philly, and I think we were going to go to Houston, and now we're going to go back to all those places and do the, all those shows. And we were able to set it up, and now we'll have a live rampage there on Friday night, and then we'll be going with, uh, you know, a huge Full Gear pay-per-view. And I think Full Gear was such a great show, even at 25% uh, capacity, the pops that we got for Full Gear, you know, you know those felt like, pre-pandemic, like regular pops, when you had Darby winning the TNT title and the Young Bucks winning the tag titles and some of the big moments on the show, you could feel the energy for some of the big moments, and uh, that was really special. So I, I think Full Gear is going to be an awesome show, and St. Louis is a great market, and we had planned to be there, so it works out great. What else is going on? Yeah. I 
I had already figured I was going to do that, and uh, I think uh, that Jungle Boy would be a really key person for us. And, I mean, Jungle Boy's been featured, and if you look back at Revolution and the Casino Tag Royale, Jungle Boy and Phoenix were the last two out there, and Jungle Boy threw even Pac out. He was in a two-on-one situation against Pac and Phoenix, and he threw Pac out. And it was really then when him and Phoenix, you know, Jungle Boy and Phoenix had a great finish, and uh, the crowd was really into it, and it was one of the hottest things on Revolution, which was such a huge success, you know, for us. And uh, the crowd really loved uh, that, and I knew that it was time. And I really believe Jungle Boy versus Kenny, they'll tear the house down. I'm really excited, and I think he's as good a star, and he's a guy to feature in world title matches going forward. So I wanted to make that clear, but Christian's a huge part of our company, too, and I really wanted to have them, it, you know, in key positions. So uh, if you follow the sheets and read news and stuff closely you know I worked like really closely and hard on battle royals in particular and I really uh, I worked hard on that and I thought they came with great stuff and uh, Christian and Jungle Boy really delivered and for Jungle Boy he's uh, been somebody again through the pandemic that's delivered time and time again he's wrestled I think the most matches definitely in the top two or three but I believe he's wrestled the most matches of anybody in AEW I think he has the most wins of anybody in AEW too He's right there with Kenny. I think they're the top two and wins in all of AEW. So it's very fitting that in you know, two weeks on Dynamite, they're going to meet for the title. And uh, I knew the crowd was going to bite for Jungle Boy. I knew it. And I told everybody. And uh, so I was really happy. Thank you. I'll do a few more. And if there's anybody that hasn't gotten to do one yet and has one, let me know because I want to get everyone. Is anybody hasn't? Okay. Okay. Phil, let go. Go. Two more. No, I mean, it's wrestling. I mean, you have to have, look, and MJF, we forget how young MJF is, but MJF's a very young wrestler, too. And to have Darby and Britt Baker crowned as a champion and have, uh, you know, Hangman go out and great in the opener. And, uh, you know, again, uh, Sammy Guevara featured out there at the end. Uh, we've so many young wrestlers. And then Jungle Boy, like we just spent a lot of time talking about. And Jungle Boy now being in the position, going to challenge Kenny for the world title. And having the crowd and you know having a sellout packed house chanting for him the whole time that was that that was what they wanted and they got what they wanted and it was pretty cool to be able to give that crowd what they wanted and it was a very special part of the show so the young talent was you know yeah it's a plan for the young talent to shine and do well but we had a lot of great talent a lot of our stars were in the prime of their career too and uh talent that have had long great careers that have been around for decades that had great moments so it was definitely supposed to be a blend and that's what AEW has been about from the beginning and you know when you have mjf and you know chris and you have you know sammy out there with veterans and totally blanchard involved i mean sting showcased it's people of all generations so it's great examples there thanks for asking and anybody else a couple more No, I was just saying before, he asked before. Sorry, no, I, I, we, uh, we're working on a handshake. He's, I think he's going to come back. Like, we have, you know, I'll, we'll get to it. And I think I'd like for Leo to come back. He's also doing some stuff for New Japan. So he's got some dates booked right now. And, but he was free for this. And I'm going to respect the calendar he has. And I'm not going to go out and ask him to, like, cancel indie dates to do stuff for us. And he's got a pretty solid calendar. But he was free for this. And I wanted him to come. I had talked to Leo maybe about coming last year. We weren't able to do, we did the uh, Casino Battle Royale at All Out last year. We weren't able to do it 
at Double or Nothing, because I'll be honest, guys, like when I got the roster back together, I didn't have enough people to do a Casino Battle Royale. I threw that show together pretty quick, and it was like one of the best pay-per-views we had done, even with a like, you know, 10% capacity tops crowd, maybe probably way less. Uh, and there was some really special matches, but uh, we didn't have enough people. to. Do. We, and that's where I came up with the idea of the Casino Ladder Match during the pandemic, which I thought was a cool concept, but it, you didn't have 21 people. So we did it all out last year, and I wanted Leo to come last year, but he wasn't free. He was actually taping the challenge and he couldn't take his phone to the challenge and i heard back from his wife who said you know he would love to do it but he's filming the challenge and he's going to be so sick that he didn't get to do it and i thought well you know well be great still get to do it and it worked out and he and it's great and like i said i think he's going to come here but he's got new japan and indies coming up too so I'm, i think we'll see leo back i'm pretty sure No, I mean, I was surprised at all. They're a genius presentation. I was the biggest purporter of this uh, Young Bucks version of the Young Bucks, of this presentation of the Young Bucks. I've always believed it, and it's better than ever. I think, I've always said, I thought Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks in Japan as the heel elite is one of the great acts I've ever seen. And this is a totally different version, a totally different level of the presentation. They've turned it up so much, and they are in the prime. They're the guys I was talking about in particular. They're in the prime, the world, the world champions and the world tag team champions, uh, you know, all in one, in one group. And to have uh, Kenny and the Young Bucks here in AEW now, clicking like that it's really cool but the heat in the fashion community the heat in general i'm not surprised by it at all because matt and nick are geniuses and they're always coming up with new ways and cutting edge stuff to change their presentation i think the with the bios that they do on twitter they change their bios it's really great stuff and they got some really good heat going into this match and matt and nick are great great heels it's great uh anything else i got one or two more anything great yeah well, I think Stadium Stampede, we didn't, you know, the pandemic, this is not a pandemic pay-per-view. I think Stadium Stampede's a great part of AEW, and I'd, I'd expect to see it back. And I think there's always part room for that kind of presentation in those matches. So I would definitely leave it open, but, uh, you know, that we haven't really, we've never done more than one per show. And I think uh, I wouldn't expect any more than that. And I, we, not necessarily that we would do it every show, but uh, I, I think they can still be on a dynamite or a show. And, and especially, you know, there's some I've really loved that we've done through the pandemic, like Sting and Darby versus Team Taz was really great. And I love the first stadium stampede. And of course, portions of what we did tonight and the live stuff, I thought was a really great twist. And the live crowd, man, they they were so happy for the finish. And so I, I expect uh, we'll, we'll go back to those. I really want to thank everybody for coming to Jacksonville. It's like for everybody who's here came here and is in person. There are some people here locally, but a lot of you traveled. Some drove, some flew in. But I haven't, there's so many of you I haven't seen in over a year that, you know, we used to do these scrums all the time. And there's some of you I'm seeing for the first time means a lot and i hope you like jacksonville and we've really tried to build a home and something special in daly's place we'll be here for another month and we're doing a show on dynamite next friday uh, if anybody wants to come if you're local i'd love to have you and anybody that wants to come in general i think it's going to be a great show and then uh you know we'll be doing some more shows here through the month and and then at the end of the month we'll be done in jacksonville for a little bit but we're going to keep coming back every few months this has been a great home to us and I think it's provided a great service to the wrestling fans around the world because the fans in Jacksonville have been providing the cheers. And uh, there's some of the same people have turned out every week for Dynamite in the pay-per-views. And it's really special. You all coming here, I hope you saw that. And there's people, you know, some of the people 
uh, were the people that were here every week, and they saw this every week in the pandemic since we started selling tickets. But you all coming, I met a lot, and this is one of my favorite shows, and you being here is a big part of why it's my favorite. And to all the fans at home, thank you, and I hope you enjoyed it. And it's great to have the fans back, and we're going on the road, and I can't wait to see you all again. Thank you very much. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.